0: Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill. And we have a special guest with us today. Uh, she was a NASCAR Driver Diversity Program participant in 2022. Uh, she's raised Bandoleros, and now she's in her rookie season with uh, the Pro Late Bottles. She's 14 years old, and so she's already doing so much for her age and making a name for herself from Tennessee. Welcome, Quinn Davis. Hi, Quinn. Hi. How are you doing? Good. I'm so glad you were able to uh, come on the podcast and talk, you know, talk all about your racing career and the things that you're doing. All
1: right. Well, thank you for having me on here. First of all, this is a great opportunity for me to express myself and for people to get a good opinion about me and a good perspective about how I got into this. So yeah, I'm currently in my rookie season the pro late models. And it's a struggle so far, but it's okay. We're still learning. And um, I have a good feeling about this season. And we're going to see where we can go from here.
0: Yeah. And I mean, coming from a different type of car, obviously there's going to be some type of learning curve. Um, you know, I mean, I, I haven't driven a car myself, but my husband drives, he drives a late model, but on dirt and he came from a sprint car. So that's like a totally different type of car. And, um, and so I totally understand where there can be like a learning curve going from one car to the other. So, obviously you came from bandoleros. So were you always interested in racing? Like, how did you actually get into it?
1: So my dad was a NASCAR official a little bit back when, like right before I started, like before I knew him. But um, at that time, like I had my biological dad, he was in the law enforcement thing. And then, um, this thing happened where he unfortunately passed away when I was very, very young. And then I met my stepdad and my stepdad legally adopted me, like not too like, not probably about like two or three years ago. And he really got me into racing because he used to be like that NASCAR official. And he's, he asked me one day, he says, Hey, do you want to try racing a quarter midget? And I said, sure. Why not? Cause apparently he's asked like my older sisters, and then it had nothing to do with it. They were cheerleaders. They were track runners. So they really, they really did not have like anything to do with most sports at all. So I was like, sure, why not? I tried ballet, gymnastics. Nothing really got my attention. So I went ten laps in this quarter midget. No one told me exactly how to stop the car. <laughs> and um, turns out, in like turn three and four of that track, I went bam right in the wall and a little tear rolled down my cheek and I was like can I do it again and it kind of sparked a big like love for racing so then I started doing better and I started improving over the years and now I'm in pro late models after bandoleros and uh, baby grands so it's a really cool experience like I love racing so
0: yeah that's awesome that you kind of like just grew up in it um and and that you kind of just like move to different cars you know you didn't really stay in the same thing you just kind of wanted to just grow and like move into you know the next best thing um and so with the pro leagues i know this is like your rookie season so like is do you like how are you feeling about the car like is this something that you think you'll stay in for a while or you think you might be moving to something else
1: i feel like i'll be in this division of like Probably for a few more seasons, because just because of how young I am, it's kind of hard to choose like wherever I want to go. Like considering the fact that I I was barely able to join the prolates this year because of my age, and I'm my birthday December thirtieth, so it's like almost the last day of the year, and like I don't know, i have probably be in here for shoot probably a couple more seasons, but I'm hoping later on I can finally move up. It's just a huge money thing and. We can't really afford everything. So that's why we're kind of one of the cars back lower in the field, but hopefully one day we can like get some sort of like some sort of attention out there for someone to kind of give us a hand in that.
0: Yeah, no, I completely understand that. It's like the higher you move up, the more money it costs, (laughs) you know? So so yeah, it's definitely like, you have to have like the sponsorships and the funds to be able to to do all of that, you know, um, especially if you want to do it, you know, as more of a profession than, than as a hobby. Um, Yeah. yeah um racing will always be expensive unfortunately
1: oh, yeah. no it's, it's a huge like family involved sport and although it does cost a lot of money mm-hmm. I don't really like the money or like the winning for me it's just, just the fact that I can even be out there and doing what I love to do that's already like a great thing for me anyways because it takes me away from all the school work I gotta do and stuff but it's it's like a relieving thing. Being in that car, you can be yourself and no one's over there to, like, judge you or anything. And you got your family there to support you. Like, it's all, like, a win win situation. Like, being a race car driver, you don't have people judging you. Like, I know right when I went to the Nashville Fairgrounds, people were like, Hey, Quinn, how you doing? Like, trying to support me and, like, show me like, the ropes. of like, there's bumps on each side of the track. And they were all welcoming. And that was just amazing to me.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I always try to like tell people that have never experienced racing and have never really been around it. It's so community based, like people, people will talk to you and they've never even known you. Uh, and it's like, you know, people are very, very nice. And like, you, you don't really have that animosity even with drivers. Like, yeah, you might, I mean, you know, you might be rough with each other on the track, but off track, it you know, it's a totally different thing. Like you're not fighting in the you know, you're not fighting in the pits or anything like that. Like you're helping each other, even though yeah, you know, you might have might have taken each other out on you know, on the track. It's like yeah. you still don't you you know, everybody's still nice to each other at the end of the day. So yeah.
1: Oh yeah. like at the end of like each race, I go over, I say good job to everybody and they we all have this sort of respect for each other right when we come out of it. Like, so it's different. We could be fighting one minute and turns one and two, and then we could get this whole big wreck. And at the end of it, just depending on like the severity of it, we are, we are like, okay, like we, we understand our mistakes. We know where we're coming from. We talk about the situation and we're all good. It's like nothing ever happened. Right?
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's like, you know, it's, still. And then also, you know, it's so family based, like you mentioned, like, you know, it you've got pretty much everybody out there, you know, supporting each other. And then also, you have a lot of people that grew up in racing, where their parents did it, or their grandparents did it like, um, you know, it's, it's one of those type of situations, there's so many people that come from like, multiple generations of racing. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, and with you, I mean, with your stepdad being a NASCAR official, it's like, you know, that was kind of, I mean, he was around racing. So trying to get you guys involved in it, you know, that, that makes sense. Uh, and my husband's kind of the same way. It's like, you know, my kids got involved in it too, because he was in it, you know? And so, yeah, it's like, it's something that you kind of want your family to bond around. So. Yeah. It's, it's cool because I'm not, I'm
1: technically third generation racing, but I don't think people earlier on in my family were really as committed to it. Like they might have like little like hobbies. Like I think to them it was more of like a hobby. But to me, I see it as like my life. And that's what I feel like people also don't notice. And that's what I'm kind of working on right now is just spread awareness to the, like the possibilities that racing can give you. Because I know I talked about racing multiple times to my friends and to my teachers and stuff of like why I'm missing school these certain days. And <laughs> like, but why are you missing so much school? Like you're just going in circles. That uh. that's what sparked it. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's all it is to you. Then like I I've had multiple doubts in my career because of people trying to bring me down and like underestimating the things that I do. But I now I really just use it to feel myself and I feel like like since I'm also a woman in motorsports, too, so it doesn't really help that some people don't really believe in me sometimes. But I think now that I've gained a lot of respect, people are starting to realize like, oh, like women are not much different than male out there, because if anything, we all think the same way. We're all people. So what what can't women do that men like can't do like it's just a whole big debate thing and um we're trying to me and uh, my partners are working on trying to spread awareness to that as well
0: yeah and like you like you mentioned um i think a lot of people don't understand like how much talent it takes even though they think if you're going around in circles yeah sure you might be going around in circles but it takes a lot of work and a lot of determination to do that like yeah i mean you can just look at it from that perspective, but it's like, you know, to be a race car driver, it takes a lot of talent. It takes a lot of, you know, I mean, they don't realize how, how much that wears you out physically, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's not, it's not something very simple to do. It's, it's not something that everybody can do or accomplish. And so, yeah, I mean that I think that's something that they don't realize, um, if they haven't been around it. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, cause they just see it. They either just see it on TV, or, or whatever. And they don't, they don't understand like, what it, you know, what it takes to be able to do that day in and day out. Um, and it's like, you know, yeah, like give, you know, spreading that awareness, telling people like how, you know, how this is, you know, and I think, I think, um, a lot more because of social media now, um, because back then, you know, you didn't really have social media. But now with social media, too, like I noticed a lot of uh, racers are starting to show like what they do behind the scenes on like how they get prepared. And I think that's really starting to change people's perspectives on like how racing really is because I don't think they realized how much work you guys put in like before a race even happens. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, not even just the drivers but also i feel like you kind of have to be at that track the whole entire time before the race starts because fans will walk in at when the gates open which is usually like at five or six but no one knows what happens all the hours before that like we're over there we're doing tire impounds we're doing all this work on the car and making sure that everything's good to go and making sure that no like mistakes are made right out there and we don't get anybody hurt and I feel like you kind of like at Bristol for example like I went to the Bristol dirt race. I never knew how much track prep was put into those like into the dirt tracks cuz I was never a dirt person. Mm-hmm. I usually, usually just ran asphalt. But now that I was there I was sitting there for about one or two hours watching them go around in circles and like watering down the track and stuff. It's a lot. And not a lot of people see that because they usually walk in or they'll watch all people they'll be watching um from their couches on their TV and like, oh, it would be automatic racing. Like you don't, you don't get to see all like the real cool stuff that everyone has to go through, not just drivers, but track officials and, uh, crews. Like I know they put a lot of money into it and a lot of time, a lot of effort. And they probably lose sleep because of it too. And that's why I feel like racing is just, it's a sport where you have to be committed to that and nothing else. So it's just a, like, I'll, I'll be committed to that 24 seven because I personally love racing. So I don't have a problem with it, but I know that my, my parents and my crew just spend like a lot of time on on like my racing and I want to know where I'd be without them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a team effort. You know, it's not it's not just one person, you know, like you have so many different people helping you behind the scenes. And, you know, um, and I think that I think that's what's so amazing about racing is that, you know, you've got so many people that have to come together to make this happen. Um, And it's like, you know, that, that whole camaraderie, like the whole community thing of everybody coming together and, you know, making all of this happen, I think is what is what's so I, I mean, I would even say magical about racing because it's like, it's different from a lot of other sports where they don't, you know, you don't have all these people coming together to do that. And like, and like you mentioned about the dirt tracks. Yeah. I mean, I've been around dirt tracks for 18 years. Cause that's all my husband races. And yeah, it's, it, it's a lot more prep than what people think. And there's, I mean, they even have to start prepping weeks in advance sometimes for certain races. Because, uh, you, you know, with dirt, that changes all the time, you know. Um, it's not like asphalt where, yeah, you know, your lines might change and stuff. But with dirt, it's like if it's too wet or if it's not wet enough, you know, like that makes a total difference. It's a uh, night and day, day.
1: difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a simulator up like out of my top room. And um, I tried a asphalt track and I try a dirt track. I hit... I don't know. I had no experience on that dirt thing and then I was going all over the walls. I was doing cartwheels. It was so funny, but then I got the hang of it. But I realized if I hit a berm or the cushion wrong, then I'm going to go flying.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: so that's also what I noticed in um, at the Chili Bowl and the Tulsa shootout is these cars would hit the berm like just right and they would go flying. That's why I was so kind of like, uh, I was just really thinking about if I really wanted to get inside dirt because Like, what Larson did, he was a dirt racer, and he was a champ, he's a multi-champion in the NASCAR Cup Series, and I feel like dirt kind of made him somewhat a better and more aggressive driver, but that's what I wanted to try to do, but I was just kind of hesitant on trying to join something like that, because now at my age, I think it's kind of, like, too late, but... I probably could. It's just more money's involved with it. And it's just like more stuff to add on your plate. And because if I had the opportunity to run anything, even if it's a car that like someone pulled off a street and put a number on the side of it, I would still race it
0: anyways, because that's what
1: I'm doing. Yeah. Um, And
0: honestly, you're not too late Um, when it comes to dirt. um, I mean, they have, I mean, you're 14. So trust me, they have like kids that are just starting out in dirt at like 15, 16 years old, um, like especially in the late models. Um, they really don't want kids that much younger anyway and in, in those cars because, um, well, at least here, we don't have like a rookie class um, when it comes to late models. So you're automatically thrown in with everybody else. <laughs> so most, you know, the youngest person I think we have uh, there Well now he's, he's, uh, he just turned 18. But when he started, he was, uh, he was 15 running LA model um, mm-hmm. on dirt. Yeah. <laughs> so trust me, you're not too young. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, we had, yeah, he was like 15 whenever he was running. Um, and my, like my, I have a, my youngest daughter is 15 and like she could go get in the late like, model right now if she wanted to at least here. I mean, I'm sure it's different everywhere, but yeah, you they can yeah. start in, at 15 and she wants to do that. Like she she talks about it all the time that she wants to go race. So
1: Yeah, um that's kind of how I am too. Like if I see that like sometimes I'll walk up late at night like up to the shop up there and honestly like, look at like what I've got and mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm very very thankful for the life that I have right now and I know if I was still in gymnastics by now my back would probably be really messed up because it is right now anyways because of I don't know like I'll be walking around I'll be slouching and
0: mm-hmm. people are
1: like why are you acting like you're an old lady when you're 14 I said so many years of racing and flips and barrel rolls and uh, people running in the back of you. It's, it can be tough. It's, yeah. it's a, it takes a huge toll on the drivers too. So, but hey, if getting my back hurt means I get to have fun, I'll take that opportunity.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a risk that you take, you know, to do something that you're really passionate about. And, but yeah, I think that's something too, like, you know, a lot of people don't realize like how much, you know, physically, you know, it takes for you to be able to be in that car. And like how much your body has to take, you know, like like you mentioned, like sometimes, especially when you get in the wrecks, like stuff can get broken, possibly, or, you know, or, you know, you might mess up your back or you might mess up certain certain things. Like, I mean, they don't realize like how physically, you know, it can be, you know, really taxing on your body. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that's something that a, a lot of people don't realize, um, you know, and, and Rex, oh gosh, like that, you know, that too, but luckily, you know, with safety and stuff like that's gotten so much better over the years. Um, so you don't see as much like people getting seriously injured. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's you know something that a lot of people don't understand it's like you guys are going out there and i mean you're like literally taking risks every single race you know yeah. and you never know when you're gonna get into a wreck because i mean there can always be a big one somewhere yeah. some way <laughs> you know yeah well i
1: think one of the wrecks that scared me the most was there's was one race and i i want to say it was at hickory um I think it was, yeah, Isabella Robusto, she happened to hit the wall and this whole big thing, like, collision happened and she got a concussion because of it and I have a feeling that if some of the safety gear that she wasn't wearing, like, weren't ever, like, to exist, I feel like that situation could have been even more severe than it should have been because, or than it was. So like for example like dale like dale Earnhardt senior he died because he didn't have a neck harness so i have a feeling like obviously if he had a neck harness when he was racing on the daytona 500 he would still be alive today so it's i feel like people only see what like they see like what from the outside of the car but they don't know what goes on inside and behind the pits and everything else like. They don't know, I guarantee you, if I ask my friends from my school right now, I'd be like, what are all the safety gear that I wear? Like, name all of them. They'd only be able to name helmet, suit, gloves, shoes. Right. So that's all people see. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to spread awareness to like, to acknowledge how much work and how much safety is put into that as well, so
0: yeah it, and i agree it's like there's so much more that you that you put on like no matter no matter what type of racing you do like you know there's the neck harness there's you know um depending on what um what type of car you you, you know you use um you know full containment seat um a net because only certain cars have the the actual window net um yeah. on dirt no they, they actually tried doing that, um, with dirt, but what happens is the dirt gets caught in mm-hmm. like, you know, in like, um, in, in like those little crab, you know, crevices and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's actually made it dangerous. That's why yeah. they don't do it. Um, but yeah, like, you know, all of those things. Yeah. And most people don't really know like all the safety stuff that's inside the car too. Um, yeah. they only see, you know, yeah, what you have on when you get and you get in the car, but they don't realize like how there's certain things that are built inside the car to protect you as well. So, yeah, yeah it, it's like, you know, it's came a long way from, you know, when like our great grandparents and and our grandparents you know were watching racing because obviously you know back then they had nothing it's like they were just jumping out there and just hoping for the best and uh yeah like it's totally different now and so yeah i think that i think a lot of people don't don't understand like how much goes into like the safety aspect of racing now but um but yeah, so obviously you go to school. Like, how do you balance school and racing and everything that you're doing? Because like, that just seems like a lot. Oh, that's a that's a really good question because I
1: don't I don't even really know myself. I kind of just go <laughs> on it. Um, I'll just tell my teachers ahead of time. I'll be like, hey, I have a race this weekend, do I have to do any work before that? Or can you send me home with anything? Mm-hmm. I'll just do it and I'll come right back and I'll just give it to you." And they're like, nah, don't worry about it. Like, Some of my teachers are really understanding about it, but there's some of them that are like, what's so like, cause you're racing, like what's so like, I just like, I don't even know how you say it, but it's so hard to explain to the point where it makes me frustrated because some of them are just like, like ugh, like what's what like what can you learn from racing that mm. like you could learn in school I remember one time I was making a board game for my science class and I made it about NASCAR cuz obviously I thought it was going to be like a really cool idea right. and my my science teacher goes what does this have to do with science and that made me even more mad because I was like all right so I had this book in my backpack it's like the physics of NASCAR I took it out I gave it to her, and I came back the next day, and she's like, "You can do the assignment." So <laughs> I'm like, "Yes," because it had like the, like the gas chemicals. It had like all the atoms and like all mapped out and stuff. It had the periodic table in it. I was like, "Dude, like, cut me some slack." But right. um, I do, I do a pretty good job balancing it because I have a really good curriculum, and they understand that, like, when I did that NASCAR draft diversity thing. I went up to my principal and I'm like, I might miss like a week of school. So oh, okay. what can I do And he's like, we can, we can like adjust your schedule, like your schedule and we'll, um, we'll fix everything on Skyward, which, which is like my grading program. And we're just going to give you excused absences. We're going to call it a traveling athlete. Mm. And I'm like, cool. so, um, they're really understanding about it. And honestly, the way that i juggle things some things just tend to work out so i don't really have to struggle with anything i think that's more my parents because they're kind of
0: adults and i'm still (laughs) young so i'm going to embrace my freedom while i still have it yeah, yeah, no. Um, and, and that's amazing that your school is very understanding about it. Um, because I know there's a lot, there's a lot of, um, drivers that are your age that they either can't go to regular school because of that. And so they have to be either homeschooled or do like virtual schooling. So yeah. So no, that's amazing that you're able to like, you know, have a school that's very understanding and they're not, you know, they're not penalizing you for, you know, having to leave for races and things like that. And and they let you, you know, kind of do what you need to do. Um, And yeah. So the, like the book that you mentioned, the physics of NASCAR, um, I was actually shocked that your teacher thought that NASCAR had nothing to do with science. I mean, it's literally STEM, it's engineering, you know, I know, like (laughs) I was surprised too. I was like, Shouldn't you know about this? Like yeah. literally probably
1: the first quarter of that school year we learned about like the periodic table.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How to make gas, like for like petrol gas. And I'm like, dude, we just did this. Like it's literally it's higher grade than what I'm doing, because I was probably mm-hmm. in seventh or sixth grade when I did it. And i like, this is probably college level
0: stuff that I right. so it's I think it's I think it's a plus for me right oh yeah like you're definitely learning a lot and then especially like you know you're learning about different types of cars like how they work i mean you're you're learning a lot more than they actually give you credit because you actually learn a lot just through life experience period like and I mean, this is coming from an adult, but I've learned more outside of school than I learned in it, because I mean, there's a lot of things that you're going to experience in life that you're not going to be able to learn about in school Yeah, and you know, and so, but you actually have like a, an amazing opportunity with racing to learn a lot, um, a lot about engineering A lot about, you know, different types of things when it comes to science. Like, you know, um, like like you said, with chemicals and things like that. I mean, you know, and I'm not really sure, like with the late models and stuff, but I know, like with my husband, when he used to do carts. Like they used to do tire preps and all different kinds of stuff where they mixed chemicals and stuff, and you have to know the right ones or you're going to like completely destroy your tires. So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of science that's built into racing that I don't think a lot of people realize. Um, and I mean, obviously you have to, you have to fix, fix cars. I mean, you know, chassis are all different, you know, they're all built different there. Yeah. There's just so much, you know that's involved in it so yeah it's like it's not just
1: like I want to talk about like the money factor thing so Mm -hmm. I don't come from a big like family of racers I don't have a good name yet and I don't have the money to race wherever whatever in whatever I want Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so it kind of takes a toll on me as like a person too because sometimes it can bring me down like I was at Nashville for the past couple races and I was getting lapped, but I had to really think about it. I'm like, this is my second race. I can't just judge myself because of what other people are capable of that I might not be like, I have a feeling if I maybe did have a top dollar car then I could, I could be a good driver. But even if I didn't have a top dollar car, I'm still doing what I'm doing and I'm lucky to even be where I am in the first place. So, Like I said, I don't have a bit like a family with like a lot of money. So it's kind of hard to juggle all that, too, because we could barely afford uh, practice tires. And that's what really sucks. But to me, it's not a sport about money. It's just a sport about spirit. So that's what I take it as.
0: Yeah, actually, I love what you just said about that. It's a sport about spirit because, yeah, it takes a lot of passion to do this. Um, it's not something, yeah. And like you mentioned, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, funding does matter, but at the same time, it's like, if you're doing what you love to do, like, that's all that matters. Like you'll find a way, like the money will come right. Like in some way or fashion, whether it's through sponsorships or whether it's, you know. a job, whatever, you know, like people, people find a way to do it. You know, if they love racing enough, they find, they find the money. Right. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's something that I see a lot like in the racing community, like drivers have heart. Like, I mean, you guys are like, I mean, some of the most passionate people, um, because it takes a lot to get in that race car and to do it every week. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's something that you have to love to do. Cause if you don't, then it's like, you're going to be miserable. And it's like, if this is something that you truly love and you get to do it every week, I mean, that's an amazing thing. You know, yeah. not everybody gets to live out their dreams, you know, and that's yeah. your dream. And so you're and you're living it. So, yeah. I know there's
1: like a lot of people who probably kill to be where what I'm doing right now. And I kind of have to also think about that as well. I'm like, there's a ton of kids, there's probably kids way back in like way back west where I'm from. that are probably thinking about trying to race, but they they back to like the uneducated thing. They're so uneducated about how much it takes. But I really want to help people accomplish their dreams. I feel like that's just a really cool thing. Like my friend, he wants to race dirt bikes. I'm like, well, I could probably do my best to like get you some sort of exposure and mm-hmm. to show you things. And it's it's a big thing. It's a whole bunch to juggle. And I feel like starting at a young age is also a huge advantage as well, rather than just starting at 14 because you already have all that experience. and so you know how much it takes and you can educate other people as well. Cause my, one of my favorite things to do is to coach rookies. Like that's my favorite thing to do because um, like I've been told for so many years, like, no, you're doing that wrong. You had to take that corner higher and then you have to go lower in this corner. And it's so funny cause I can finally say that to other people. <laughs> so um, I don't know, I just like, I like, Showing kids their path. Like, I l- love to teach people things. And even if they're not even kids, they could be full grown adults. And I'd still be happy to do it. Like, I this think that's the best thing ever. So,
0: yeah. And I mean, and like you said, I mean, your experience, it doesn't matter how, how old you are. It's the fact that you have a lot of experience in a race car. Um, yeah. I mean, you have experience that some adults will don't have, you know? And so, um, your age should never deter them from learning from you, you know, um, because age really doesn't matter in this. It's all about experience. Um, I mean, I mean, let let's be real. Like for example, Braxton Bush, he's eight. He just turned eight today, <laughs> like, and and I mean, he's killing it in the in, in the Bandoleros, and I mean, he's doing stuff that some adults have never even accomplished. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it, it's never about that. It's all about talent. And I mean, if you have the talent, you have it and it doesn't matter how old you are and and and, and you have the talent, you know, and like you're 14, like, I mean, you're doing stuff that some adults would never be able to do. So yeah. I mean, yeah. And then, I mean, in you, but you're young and you still have a lot more experience that you can get under your belt that a lot of adults won't be able to get. Because, you know, by a certain age, you know, most, um, most race car drivers, they're about to start retiring, you know, most of them start retiring in their late thirties, early forties, um, you know, my age, because I'm 37, but yeah, so like most of them are starting to retire at my age and it's like, you know, you still have plenty of time, you still have over 20 years that you can at least, you know, at least 20 years or so that you can still be racing. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, you're going to have like so much experience, um, just by the time you're 30, you know, so yeah, definitely. I mean, you still have so much more that you could accomplish. So um, I do want to go ahead and let you talk about your nonprofit, Quint of Hearts. So um, yeah, so tell us about that. So like, how did you, you know, start it?
1: Well, I have, like, my personal assistant. He's like, hey, so I want to get you, because he knows that I love dogs. He loves, it, like, I love any kind of pet in general. <laughs> like, it could be from snakes to dogs or anything. And he's like, there's this thing where there's a heartworm going around and shelter dogs, and it's like a death penalty to them. Like, if they have it and they can't afford the medication for that dog, they're going to, euthanize them. And we came up with this great idea, Quinn of Hearts, to raise money for the sheltered dogs that, or even cats too, like any kind of shelter animal that may have heartworm to like raise money for their medications so that way they won't get euthanized and they can find homes. So um, I feel like that will just be like a great cause because I know I've had a few experiences where my dogs have probably gone through heartworm and stuff. And um i don't like when my dog gets euthanized i don't think that's the best experience that anyone should go through or any dog that doesn't have a home i feel like they should have one last opportunity to like have someone who cares for them so that's why we came up with that whole big fundraiser quinn of hearts and it's all over my car and to donate for it it's going to be on my website and you can put in however much money you desire into it and like every little cent will count
0: yeah and we'll definitely we'll definitely um link that um in the description of the podcast so you guys can definitely donate to that and and that's an amazing thing um one of my dogs is a rescue so and she had heartworms um mm-hmm. when we got her so i so i completely like resonate with your story and so and yeah and to be able the medication is extremely expensive Um, when they have, when they have heartworms and I knew like before we got her, um, like they were, they had her on so much medication and stuff to be able to treat that. And so it, it is, and it's very, very serious. Um, so I totally understand like what that, you know, what those, what the dog goes through because when she, when we got her, she still had it. So we had to, you know, keep her on medication and get her checked and everything multiple times. And um, yeah. and she had multiple surgeries and things like that. So yeah, it can get really serious. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, that's definitely an amazing cause that you guys came up with um, because even, even for like regular people to be able to afford that when their dogs get heartworms, it's expensive. And then it's like for these shelters, you know, they only, they're, they're, they're ran on do- donations. So if they don't get enough money, you know, then it's like, then unfortunately it, you know, these dogs don't have a chance, you know, these yeah. animals don't have chances. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's an amazing thing that you've come up with. Um, and, um, I think more people need to, um, realize that these shelters need help. Um, you know, cause I, I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people don't really think about like, even volunteering at a shelter, like helping or donating things. Cause you don't have to donate money. Uh, a lot of them will take like, just, you know, regular things for the dogs, whether it's dog food, you know, anything, you know, whatever, whatever they need. Um, so, and, and obviously money for medication like that, that's the biggest thing. So, uh, so yeah, no, we'll definitely link that so people can reach out and, Donate to your cause because I mean, it. The fact that you created that is amazing, and I mean, I know you know you're probably using a lot of your own funds to fund that as well. And so it's like you know, every little bit will count, you know, to help help out with that. Yes. But um, so now tell us, do you have um any other like? Races or any events that you have coming up that you know that people should know about? I think for this
1: season, it's just a huge, it's just gonna be a big year of learning for me. So, I don't think anything too exciting is gonna go on, but it will be exciting for me to learn and to grow as a driver. And, um, that'll that'll probably be really entertaining, hopefully. So, (laughs) we're, we're gonna try our best to keep four wheels on the ground this time um but no i shouldn't have too much of a problem with it and i kind of will be juggling back and forth with the programs and the prolates at veterans motorplex as well too so we're just gonna see how it goes just go with the flow and hopefully it'll work out
0: yeah, no, definitely. I mean, don't be too hard on yourself. Like, like you said, this is your rookie season with the with the prolate, You know, I mean, it's a learning curve, and I mean, it's just you just got to get seat time, right? And that that's going to be the the main thing right now. Um, yeah. And you know, and then next, you know, next season, you know, I mean, you'll have so much seat time. You know, you sh- you should be doing fine, like you know, and you can um venture out a little bit more and and you know do more races and things like that so yeah, yeah now um you're still young you still got time you know? yeah. <laughs> so yeah no i mean so you'll be you'll be uh you'll be fine with that um but are you like are you doing anything else like um with Quinn of hearts like are you doing like appearances anything like that
1: we do we are going to start our own like apparel thing for if you like want to buy a t-shirt I'm pretty sure that money will also go straight towards um either the the fundraiser or just anything with the with the car in general but I'm pretty sure it'll just go straight to the fundraiser and we're going to we already have our first shipments of shirts first but I don't have like a lot of them and currently one of my like my assistant is helping me design new shirts for people to buy off, of, off my website as well. So we're gonna have a new apparel slot where you can look at those as well. So I think they would be in like black and white so far.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, um, and you know, every, your website will also be, of course, in the description. And so everybody can go check that out and, and support you. And um, and obviously follow you on social media because you're obviously on Instagram and on Facebook. And I mean, you know, and so we'll uh, link all of that stuff as well. So um, one question I always ask every driver, what is your favorite track that you've raced on and why?
1: That's a really, really (laughs) good question. I feel like in general, Oh, shoot. This is a really good question. <laughs> I have different tracks for different cars. Okay. Because it really, I love the Indianapolis, like the 500. Because I raced out in the parking lot. But I don't think that really counts as a track. But just being there, it was just a really cool thing. But I did have to say my favorite track is probably Nashville Fairgrounds. Because that's like pretty much my home track. And it's so historic. Like even if you're just racing on it you can just feel all the emotions coming from also the fans and other cars around you. And it, like the, the whole entire community, it just, was just so welcoming. And I feel like you can also get that other places, but in Nashville, it was different. Like you were treated like family. And I know my mom, she's like the track cook. So I know <laughs> some of the officials will come over. And they'll be like, Hey, do you have a meatball sub for us or anything? And it's, it's just like a big community. Like if, that's also people might not realize either is that everyone is just supportive of each other. Like if you need help on a car, I know that one of our neighbors like, who are also like a car, a driver even came over and he helped us with our tires. And he came and talked to me about my line and stuff and what I can do to avoid those bumps that can pretty much send you spinning. and. it's just all supportive and i love the atmosphere of racing too it's just it makes me happy so
0: yeah no and yeah like you mentioned it's like people are just so community like oriented in the racing community period it's like people will come up to you and talk to you like they've known you forever right? and it's like you might not have never you might not have ever met that person before but it's like you know everybody kind of have, like, you have that one thing, that one interest that, you know, makes it easier for you to be able to just conversate with people. Cause it's like, you know, that's what we all love racing. That's why we're there. And it's like, you know, you have some type of common interest with them. And so it's like, it's so much easier just to be able to, you know, just to strike up a conversation with no issues because it's like, you know, obviously we're, we're all at the racetrack for a reason, you know, whether, <laughs> whether you're wa- just watching or, you know, you're behind the scenes, you know, uh, you know, on somebody's pit crew or whatever, or you're actually racing. Um, but we're all there for the same reason. We're all there, you know, to enjoy ourselves and, you know, right. And just be at the racetrack. And so, yeah. yeah, I think that's why like, it's just so easy to be able to, get along with people that are within the racing community. Um, you know, when you try to venture outside, it's like, it. I mean, it's it's, a, it's easy. It's still, you can still make friends, but it's a lot like, it's like you don't have as much in common. Like eventually you start to run out of things to talk about. <laughs> because, exactly. you know, because racing is such a big part of our lives that like, we tend to talk about it a lot, you know? Yeah. And it's like, people that aren't in the racing it's like they kind of just like look at you a little weird and then it gets awkward silence and then you don't really know where to go from there
1: yeah well (laughs) it's like that thing i posted on one of my instagram stories it was like this movie scene from chicken little i think and Mm -hmm. it's when you're trying to where like this really nice car rolls by and um but you're with people who aren't car people so you're saying all this stuff but then you're like never mind you don't know what it is right but it's yeah. just uh, it's funny in a way but it does make you unique as a person because some people will be in a soccer some people will be in a football that's also what's different here like in tennessee and everyone's into football and baseball and all these like really athletic sports but it's not like racing isn't any different like it mm-hmm. takes the same amount of endurance. Like we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. Like I don't see baseball players sitting there in cars and going like hundred mile, like hundred miles per hour for 100 laps. Right. a hundred laps for the constant, like hum, like humid thing going at you. But like you guys get to take breaks, but we don't. <laughs> but then yet we get aired out sometimes, and then sometimes they don't. Like we just have our weaknesses and we have mm-hmm. our strengths. So you can't really compare sports with racing because it's really just all the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I, I think that's why it's like, whenever you have that common interest with somebody is like, it's, it, may, it makes it more relatable. Like you, you can relate to somebody a little bit more like if they're also either just a race fan or if they're like involved in racing period um and it's like when they're an outsider yeah it's like if if they're a race fan that's that's great but if they're not it's like yeah like it almost sounds it's almost as if like you're speaking a foreign language to them that they don't understand um and or they start questioning like why are you into that and it's like because it's like you know you don't really know how to explain it yeah Yeah. so it's
1: you're like, you're going in circles. And mm-hmm. I guess pretty much the sum up, you're going in circles, but there's so much more to it. You just can't explain it because people don't take the, the information in right. Because they'll say, oh, yeah, I went high this lap, then low this lap. Then people are looking at you like, just go, just go in circles. It's not that hard. And then I told them, I'm like, no, I had to be in a certain spot on the track. Right. That, that's the quicker line Mm -hmm. they're like what's the line i said okay i'm done
0: (laughs) right like oh my gosh you have to explain so much that yeah yeah i'm like i
1: grew up with the track and i'm used to people already knowing Mm -hmm. what like what things are and when i'm at school i'm like oh yeah i took this line and i went down to the bumps down here and then i went on the apex like this and like like (laughs) apex like a video game i said no dude it's it's the corner and they're like, oh, I don't know that. I'm like, oh, okay. It's, yeah, no, it's not
0: Apex Legends, right? Like, no, no we're not. not talking
1: about that. <laughs> no, it was so funny. I started dying laughing, but these people elsewhere, but I still love them anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's just with anybody. It's like, there's just gonna be certain things that you just know you can't talk to them about. It's like, you know, okay, like, we can talk about all this other stuff, but racing, I'm just gonna just tell you oh I went racing this weekend and then like cut it off of that you know yeah. like don't even yeah. explain no,
1: no yeah it, some people just won't get it it's not like mm-hmm. I don't don't will try to but it's just hard to really understand it all in like five minutes you have to really know like about the car not even just the car but what racing is so right I know I have my friends that want to know more about it, but they just can't take the info in. That's also what I think is they had to be with me at the track in order to understand. Cause I remember my best friend now, she's never been to, like inside a race. She's only watched NASCAR from her TV. Like she's never had any sort of experience of what it's like. I took her to one of my races, and she's like, "Dude, this is so different." And I said, "Well, yeah, it's." how much work is put into this and she's like this is crazy like then she loved like racing ever since and she understands what i say and at least i had those people that yeah. I talk to, but just newer people and some of them just underestimated that's where i'm like okay i'm just not even gonna talk so
0: yeah and and that's something that uh, my husband and i have always said that In order for people to be able to understand racing, they actually would have to take the time to go to a race. Once they see it and they understand why people get into it the way that they do, um, then, then they can actually understand our perspectives. But until they do that, they're never gonna understand. Um, and that's you know, and that's something we always try to do is like, if we know people, like we try to get them to come to a race. Cause it's like, you come to one race and you're going to completely understand what the community is like and why everybody is into it the way that they are. Cause yeah. it's like, you get to see it in real time and you get to see the behind the scenes stuff. Cause you're not gonna see a lot of that on TV. They're not gonna show you a lot of the behind the scene things, you know? um and so yeah it's like once you've actually been in it been at a racetrack it's like then you totally understand like where people are coming from so yeah, yeah. and i'm glad that you're that your best friend took the time to you know go to the racetrack with you because yeah. then it's like now she now she understands like why you're so passionate about racing and why and you know why you do this and it's like oh like this is amazing. Like this is so different. Yeah. It's so different from what you see on TV. Like what you see on TV is not, it's not even half of it. It's like, you know, it's so like limited, um, on TV cause they can only show you so much. I mean, they can only show you, you know, um, they can't really show you much of the behind the scenes stuff except what's on pit road. That's about it. Um, Other than that, they can't show you very much. else. so, Yeah. Like, um, I think, I think that is awesome that she took the time to really get to, you know, know that about that side of you. Cause you know, that's not, that's just something completely different that most people that's completely out of their element, you know? So, but, well, thanks Quinn for being on the show. I appreciate it. And I mean, honestly, like, i'm i'm looking forward to seeing everything that you do this season and i know i know our listeners will too and obviously you know we're gonna put your name out there everybody's gonna know about you (laughs) so yeah Yeah.
1: thank you for having me on here oh
0: no definitely um and also obviously you know supporting your cause quinn quinn of hearts i mean that's something that um, you know, more people need to know about. And obviously I hope that, you know, I hope that this episode really, you know, puts, puts that out there and gets more people to donate to your cause. So yeah. So thanks for, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. So guys, that's it. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Quinn Davis I know I did I'm so glad she was able to come on and share her story and also share about her organization Quinn of Hearts which is uh, spreading awareness about heartworms and also uh, donating money to these animal shelters in order to help them pay for heartworm medication so I will have all those links in the description her social media accounts and also uh, her website and um the link to quint of hearts so you can check that out and if you feel obligated you can donate um so you can help out that wonderful cause so um also we do have another feature that i wanted to mention to you guys so we have a speakpipe channel it is speakpipe.com/racewife unfiltered it is where you can send audio messages to me um, and it's for the podcast or you can just send me an audio message just to say hi. Um, You don't it doesn't have to be about the podcast, but um, I would love for you guys to be able to use it and let me know if there's certain guests that you want. Also, if you just want to let me know what you think about the podcast, you know, if it's good things, bad things, whatever, you know, feedback is always wanted and accepted no matter what it is. So definitely check out speakpipe.com slash racewife and filter to um to definitely send me a message and say hi. Well that's it guys. Um as mentioned, we are here every Thursday. Um you can find us on Apple and Spotify. And until next Thursday, take care.